Kramer, and you're listening to That Sober Guy Podcast on Recovery Radio. Living one day at a time for a sober, healthy, happy life. For more information, visit www.thatsoberguy.com. And now, let's start the show! See this cute little vial here? It's crack, rock cocaine, the most addictive form. You think it's the glamour drug of the 80s? Well, that's the point of this friendly little reminder. It can kill you. And if you've got to die for something, this sure as hell ain't it. We've got to fight the drug war on all four fronts at once, shrinking the supply by destroying crops and labs and by patrolling our borders vigorously, increasing both the certainty and the severity of punishment for dealers and users alike. There have been government investigations, there have been private investigations, and we've interviewed a lot of people, ex-CIA people, who have talked about the CIA involvement in drug operations for many decades. Some of it got reported in the Iran-Contra scandals. We did know that there were uh, drugs drugs involved and and they were selling uh, drugs back and forth. I think that might be the number one reason uh, for the drug laws. Not to have high prices for some... uh, two-bit drug dealer as much as to raise the funds necessary to for governments to do illegal things. The sooner we get rid of the drug laws, uh, the sooner this would end. I, I will tell you, Director Deutsch, as a former Los Angeles police narcotics detective, that the agency has dealt drugs throughout this country for a long time. I was personally exposed to CIA operations and recruited by CIA personnel who attempted to recruit me in the late 70s to become involved in protecting agency drug operations in this country. For the record, my name is Mike Rupert, R-U-P-P-E-R-T. I did bring this information out 18 years ago, and I got shot at and forced out of LAPD because of it. Welcome to the show. Today we're going to be talking about drugs, crack cocaine in particular, uh, that the, uh, the outbreak of crack cocaine in the 80s that pretty much took L.A. by storm, invaded the black communities, and... Um, as well as up here in Northern California as well in San Francisco, I believe is where the, uh, the big shipments started coming in, which were then moved down to Los Angeles. The involvement of the United States Central Intelligence Agency in cocaine trafficking in Central America during the Reagan administration as part of the Contra war in Nicaragua, uh, has, has been the subject of, of multiple investigations since the mid 1980s. Uh, in 86, the Reagan administration acknowledged that funds from cocaine smuggling helped fund the Contra rebels, uh, but according to them, it wasn't authorized by the U.S. government uh, or any of the resistance leaders. A CIA internal investigation found that agents had worked with drug traffickers to support the Contra program, but they found no evidence of any conspiracy by the CIA or its employees to bring drugs into the U.S. There's so much, there's so much evidence that that has been found over the years, uh, this, and I'm not asking anybody to, you know, to believe what I'm saying. I'm just, you know, I'm, this is, this is the stuff that I found, uh, that's right out there for you to find too. I encourage you as a listener, someone who may be interested in this to look it up for yourself. I mean, the shit is right there in front of your face. It's right there. You can go, you can go online. You can, um, you can get the old newspaper clippings, uh, online as well from from uh, the San Jose Mercury News, the Oakland Tribune, Los Angeles Times. I mean, there were multiple multiple reports of this story, um, you know, in the eighties and uh, well into the nineties, um, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, I think, even too. 
Uh, now, now, some of you may be wondering why we're we're talking about this today, and um, it's an important issue. It's an important part of history, I think, too that that is that has kind of been buried. So, there's a new movie coming out. It's called To Kill the Messenger, and um, it's based upon Gary Webb, who was a investigative reporter for over 20 years. He worked for the San Jose Mercury News, um, and later for the Sacramento Bee. He uncovered uh, pretty much solid evidence and solid truth that everyone had speculated for a long time. He was able to uncover and put together a story um, proving that the CIA had ran drugs with the Contras in the 80s under the Reagan administration. Gary Webb's report, uh, which ran in the San Jose Mercury News, alleged that the CIA was behind the 1980s crack epidemic. Okay, Webb alleged that through uh, his series, which he called Dark Alliance, that the government had been complacent in the trade of drugs in the inner city through the use of kingpin named Freeway Ricky Ross. Now, Rick Ross, some, some of you may know Rick Ross, right? You think he's the, um, the famous, uh, I don't know, what he, is he a producer? Is he a rapper? I don't really know. I don't really listen to much of his music. Um, but Rick Ross... The the musician Rick Ross stole the name and the image of the real Rick Ross, who goes or who's known as Freeway Ricky Ross. Now, Freeway Rick Ross or Ricky Ross, uh, according to the Oakland Tribune, in the course of his rise, prosecutors estimated that Ross exported several tons of cocaine to New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania. San Francisco, Los Angeles, and made more than $600 million in the process. I think I had heard uh, an interview with uh, with the real Rick Ross, and he was saying uh, some days he would make multiple million dollars in a day, just depending on what kind of deal he did. Unbeknownst to himself, uh, he was working with the CIA, bringing in uh, or buying these large shipments of cocaine, which were then later being you know, uh, transformed into crack. Anyways, after the Gary Webb report in the Mercury News um, went public, uh, CIA Inspector General Frederick Hitz was assigned to investigate these allegations. Uh, this was in 1996. Uh, Director John Douche, I like to say douche because dude is a douche, uh, pledged that Hitz would present his findings within three months. Uh, but imagine this for almost a year and a half, there was no news about it. Okay. So then on, um, let's see in December 97, there were stories in the Washington post and the New York times, um, stating that, that hits found no direct or indirect links between the CIA and the, uh, cocaine traffickers, uh, despite reporters, seeing the the actual reports, the actual documents of these, you know, of these, um, these transactions going down. Uh, so basically they denied it and they, they tried to make Gary Webb look like, um, a liar. They tried to discredit him. And, um, you know, as it, as, as it got more mainstream, see, this was around the time too, when, when the internet was starting to, uh, really take off. So, when when you look at it through that aspect, there may have been this may have not even gotten out uh, as far as Gary Webb's Dark Alliance series goes. Had the internet not been around, I mean, it would have been subject to basically just San Jose Mercury News, maybe some of the Greater Bay Area 
Um, instead, it was getting you know attention in Washington, in uh, New York, um, all over the map, basically. So why are we talking about this? Number one, like I said before, it needs to be talked about. It needs to be heard. And I think this will get a lot more attention once this movie, um, you know, creates some more headlines and people start recognizing what is really going on because it's really relevant to today what's going on with the police state that we live in. Uh, and I'm not saying that, that cops are bad. I have friends who are cops and I respect them and I respect what they do for a living. Uh, it's a very tough job. And my grandfather was a cop. He was a Richmond cop for 30 years. So it's nothing against it's nothing against the cops per se. It's, you know, I don't know. Use your brain. What do you think it's for? It's probably for a revolution. It's for the people revolting, the people rebelling against an economy um, that is that is slowly shrinking against the depleting middle class where people who work decent jobs can't afford um, you know, to barely pay their rent, to barely feed their families, to barely pay for, to put gas in their cars. You know, that's what this shit is for. And you think the government's stupid? They know what the fuck they're doing. They think about this shit 30 years ahead. That's what they say, that, that they're about 30 years ahead of the, the average, you know, person, the average nine to five are out there. So let's look at the incarceration rate in the United States. It's the highest in the world. So as of October 2013, the incarceration rate was 716 per 100,000 of the national population. So uh, the United States represents about 5% of the world's population. Okay, but it houses, get this, 25% of the world's prisoners. So how the fuck we have 5% of the population, but we house 25% of the world's prisoners? That's fucking asinine right there. Like, and what is that from? Yeah. You you have some shitty, extremely terrible people that are locked up, and they should be locked up. But let's take a look here at drug convictions, okay? And like like the first one of the uh, one of the samples that was in there in the beginning of this episode was George Bush talking about how we need to go after the users, how we need to go after the the dealers, okay? So you're gonna go after users who are addicted to a drug that was brought in here and saturated um, by the federal government themselves, but then you're going to go back and convict them and put them in prison. Now, that's a whole other topic when you get on to, uh, to privatize prisons because prison is big industry. Where do you think we get cheap labor from? It's slave labor, basically. It's prison labor. You get paid 25 cents an hour to go to work to do something that a man on the outside would get paid $40 an hour to do. So we have in the United States alone, we have over 2 million people incarcerated. That's just in prisons. So let's talk about the war on drugs. The war on drugs was initiated by the Nixon administration with the Comprehensive Drug Abuse Prevention and Control Act of 1970. And then it was pursued with the Reagan administration. So by 2010, drug offenders in federal prison had increased to 500,000 per year. Now, that's compared to 41000 in 1985. So think about the money involved in that. You got 500,000 drug offenders locked up. I mean, that, not only is it you know, cheap labor like we're talking, it's also taxpayers' money. So it's costing the taxpayers' money to keep these drug offenders who 
Yes, I'm sure there are violent ones in that 500,000. I'm not arguing that. But what I am saying is probably the majority of those are nonviolent drug offenders who are either addicted to drugs or who got caught up in the game of selling the drugs to try to make a living. And I'm not saying that's right either, but what I'm just saying is motherfuckers got to eat, right? So when you're put in a situation in um, a project where you can't go get a job or there are no jobs, you need to feed your family. You need to feed yourself. What are you going to do? You're going to hustle. You're going to survive because that's the game. That's where you live. That's what you do. That's the way it was set up. That's the way it was designed. And it was also designed for you to get caught and go to prison because there's money involved. It's a corporation. Okay, so drug-related charges accounted uh, to more than half the rise in state prisons. 31 million people have been arrested on drug-related charges, and that averages out to approximately 1 in 10 Americans. Let's go into a little bit more depth of the money to be made. In the um, the private uh, the privatization and the privatization of prisons. So in the 80s, the rising number of people incarcerated as a result of the war on drugs, the war on drugs, in the way of the privatization that occurred under the Reagan administration, it it saw the for profit prison industry. See, prior to the 80s, private prisons didn't exist in the U.S. Um, so here's a report I'm looking at. This is in a 2011 report by the ACLU. It says it's claimed that the rise of the for-profit prison industry is a major contributor to mass incarceration, along with bloated state budgets. Uh, in Louisiana, for example, has the highest rate of incarceration in the world. Fuck, I didn't know that. Um, with the majority of its prisoners being housed in privatized for-profit facilities, such institutions could face bankruptcy without a steady influx of prisoners. A 2013 Bloomberg report says that in the past decade, the number of inmates in for uh, profit prisons throughout the U.S. rose 44%. Did you hear that? Let, let, let me say that again. You follow me? <laughs> um, they could face bankruptcy without a steady influx of prisoners. These huge complexes that have been built and paid for by private corporations and they operate them as well. So what do you need to do to keep your prison operating? Well, you need prisoners, you need people coming in, you need, um, you, you know, you need money to operate that prison. How do you get it? You get it by more prisoners. You get federal, um, grants from the federal government to help house those prisoners in your private corporation. What, what do you also do? You help write the laws you get lobbyists to work for your corporation to help write these laws that put people in your prison. This is a whole system design. I mean, there's so it's so deep. I can't even sit here and describe it. It's hard for me to do because I'm 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 just a normal dude. All right, I'm doing the best I can, and I'm hoping to share a little bit with you to where it may spark an interest instead of fucking football and Kim Kardashian's ass. You might spark a little history a little knowledge to educate ourselves to get hit with what the fuck is going on because it scares me what's going on right now in our country this is our country you know our grandfathers fought in wars and and died for our freedom 
And to sit and wave an American flag and say, fuck yeah, freedom, and not know a goddamn thing about what's going on today is bullshit to me. So I don't mean to preach. I'm, I don't mean to get off on that, but it, it just it gets to me sometimes. Uh, I'm human. What can I say? So the industry is well aware of what reduced crime rates could mean to their bottom line. Here's a quote from them, actually. Our growth depends on a number of factors we cannot control, including crime rates. Reductions in crime rates could lead to reductions in arrests, convictions, and sentences requiring incarceration at correctional facilities. So what I'm getting at here, what I'm trying to do with this with this episode, is I'm just trying to get you to open your mind up, you to start looking at some different things that are going on around you. Look at your reality for what it is. Not how you perceive it, not how you want your reality to be. Look at it for what it is. And I know that can be scary sometimes, and that's why a lot of people live in denial. And that's also why a lot of people don't change. They stay the same. They stay stuck. Now, I'm not perfect. I, you know, I, I talk, you know, about what we can do as people, what we should do as individuals, what we can do as communities, um, you know, and, that, and that's a first step for me. So I don't sit up here and claim that, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything the perfect right way. Cause I'm not, but what I am trying to do is trying to bring some awareness to, um, a, an, an epidemic number one with the drugs, with the drug culture, with the drug market, with the, the game of selling drugs, um, you know, the game of doing drugs, the, the whole, the whole thing. Um, also with, with the, the music industry and Hollywood, the drugs, they're promoted. Like, think about that. Think about all the bullshit that you hear on the radio. What is it doing? It's promoting a lifestyle of drugs, of crime, of being a gangster. Um, you know, back in the day, real gangsters, they didn't talk about shit that they did. You didn't even know about it. That's a real gangster. To me, it's not, it's not about, you know, shouting out to the world on what you do, how many times you got shot, how many, how many, uh, or how much drugs you've sold in your career. Um, now there, there's a specific reason why that culture is imposed on us. I guess what I, I guess I just want, I guess I just want to, I want people to wake up. I want people to get out of this, this zombie like state that we're in. We're in a state of, of hypnotism almost. We're blind to what's going on around us. I love my country. I love this country. It's a beautiful place. I love this state. But what I don't love are the people who run this country and the people who run this state because they're criminals. They are straight criminals. They are dismantling this country from the inside out. And we as a people, we as a society, we as Americans, we need to wake up. We need to start paying attention. We need to get off of the television. We need to get off of the drugs, off of the booze. Those are tools used to enslave us in our own minds. So it's time that we started talking about this stuff. It's not stupid to be intelligent. And that sounds funny even saying that. It's not stupid to be intelligent. You know, it's not, it's not a bad thing to know what's going on. It's not a bad thing to question what's going on around you, to question what politicians' decisions make. It's not a bad thing to, you know, pay attention and to know what's going on. 
we have been psychologically programmed to believe that we're supposed to just go with the flow and everything's going to be fine. We're going to get taken care of. Well, you know, you know what happened to um, over a million Jewish people that did that? Uh, I don't even have to say it, but that's what happened to them. They went with the flow. They were passive. And in a matter of a short matter of time, uh, they were exterminated. Um, and no one, no one ever, ever would have thought something like that could happen. And that's just one example. I mean, how many examples are there of, of dictators of, um, you know, man is evil, man is evil. And thank you know, thank the Lord that we have God to, to, to fight evil. Um, I think all of us should be saying a prayer every day when we wake every day, when we go to bed, thanking, you know, God for everything that we've been given and the lives that we live. And, um, you know, we, we live in a beautiful country. Okay. We live in a beautiful country. So I don't, I know that it could be perceived as, you know, hating or hating on a country, not being patriotic. Well, patriotic is about knowing what the fuck is going on around you. Being a patriot is knowing about the shady shit that is going on right now. I mean, all kinds of other topics that are off, you know, just the just the drug epidemic that we covered a little bit of, you know, the poppy fields. Do Is it just me or do... You know, does anybody else know that? Does anybody else follow that? Do you follow what's going on around you? Um, hopefully you do. Hopefully you're sober and you can you can think and you can use your brain and your common sense and you're not numb to your reality because that's what they want. And that's how you bring down a culture. That's how you bring down a society. I would encourage anybody to check out the movie uh, kill a messenger, the Gary, Gary Webb story. Um, and I would encourage everybody who's hurt, who's listening to this, who heard this episode. Don't believe me. I'm not asking you to believe me. I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm not trying to persuade anybody. All I'm doing is throwing some, some topics out there. I'm throwing some knowledge out there for you to look up yourself. Go look it up. I guarantee you it will lead you on a trail if you're really interested in it. Uh, and you should be because our kids' future depends on it. Your kids' future depends on it. One other thing I want to mention too is I want to address really quick the term conspiracy theory. Okay, conspiracy theory was a term raised by the CIA in late 60s i want to say 67 um shortly after uh the warren commission released its report regarding jfk's assassination and basically what it said was we're going to start using the term conspiracy theory or conspiracist so that when anybody um questions the official report of the kennedy assassination if anyone questions it they're going to be labeled a conspiracy theorist. So basically what that does is it shuts down free speech. It shuts down uh, questioning our government. 
questioning officials. Um, it, it basically discredits anybody by calling them a conspiracy theorist because now, oh, you know, it's not about looking at the truth. It's not about looking at evidence. It's not about looking at facts. It's just about what we say is the right narrative. And if you don't believe it and you question it, you are a conspiracy theorist. So I think it's important for people to know that because that term is thrown around a lot. Like, oh, a conspiracy theorist. And I'm willing to bet to no fault of, of anyone's own that a lot of people don't even know what it means. They just heard it so much. And that's, let me tell you why you've heard it so much, because you've been programmed to hear it. I was programmed to hear it until I woke up and I realized what it meant to that. And that's another thing I'm saying. Wake up to the reality. Look at your reality for what it is. Don't be programmed. Unprogram your brain. Start learning. Start teaching yourself. All the knowledge is out there and knowledge is power. Knowledge is hope. You know, knowledge is faith. Knowledge is it's it's really everything. Next time you hear that conspiracy theorist word out there or if someone calls you it or if you're afraid to to talk about something because you don't want someone to say that, that oh that's a conspiracy theory i guarantee you when you understand what it is it doesn't affect you because you look at it for you because you can look at it for the truth you can look at it for what it is you know it's not a conspiracy theorist when there's factual evidence to base your you know your position on so that is strictly used to discredit you, to discredit me, to discredit anybody who questions what is going on. Okay, and that's that's some scary shit too. But when I say scary, I don't mean scary as in, oh, I'm, I'm scared out of my mind. I'm fucking tripping and I'm scared. I just mean it's some scary shit like we need to handle it and we need to get a grip on it. And we as people, fellow Americans... Men, women, black, white, brown, it doesn't matter. We all need to start uniting on a sober tip too, because this is that sober guy podcast. I know this is a little bit of a different show as far as just dealing with alcoholism and drugs, but, um, you know, it all ties together because it, it all runs, it all runs hand in hand. I, I believe, uh, thanks for listening um www.thatsoberguy.com send me an email if you have any questions or comments about the episode or about anything else it's sobriety at that sober guy.com uh, thanks for listening this has been another episode of that sober guy podcast on recovery radio with shane Kramer. for more information visit www.thatsoberguy.com or you can email shane sobriety at thatsoberguy.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy a sober, healthy, happy life.